The second they don't get what they want, they just escalate it all the way to like, I'm going to sue you. Uh, you're, I'm suing. I'm going to sue. You know, it feels like something Michael Scott would do um, just like immediately like small claims court, small claims. We're going to small claims. Hey, I'm Michael Panic, And I'm Michael Ray. And, and we're, we're the, the Michaels. Michaels. We worked together for eight years and through many hopeful and hopeless situations. Today, we each work jobs we love and enjoy life every day. During our time as co-workers, we ignored a lot of warning signs, which eventually caused issues in our personal lives, affecting family and friends. Our work-life balance was out of whack, and we didn't even know it. This podcast is all about recognizing potential issues and advice on how to correct your course of life and work. This, this is Work-Life work Balance. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um, this is interesting because it feels like we've been away so long. It probably doesn't feel that way to you guys, but we recorded several episodes in one sitting last time we did this. And so it's been, what's it been, Michael, two weeks, three weeks now since we've actually recorded? Yeah, it's been about three weeks. Um, and you're right, because I remember when I came in here, I was like, man, this feels like it's been a minute. But it really, it's just, we were smart and recorded a bunch at one time. Yeah. When it worked out well, I I liked that we did that. Yeah, we may do, be doing more of that soon, but uh, but no, yeah, it's been a little bit, but we're excited to be back already, and we are actually going into episode twelve now, which wow. is crazy. Um, and surprisingly, you guys are really loyal listeners. Yeah, our, it's that's so great. Like, we got a real listener base, not just a random smattering of people. Yeah, we're actually seeing like consistent numbers because we can see the numbers uh thanks to how we have it set up we can actually see how many people are listening and it's growing slowly but surely and mm-hmm. it's consistent and there's no like heart like y'all are very i don't say predictable but it's consistent <laughs> enough to say like we kind of know what you want to talk about we actually see where the more popular episodes now so actually you'll see that in, an, in another episode soon of taking a deeper dive on an episode that was real popular essentially yeah. Uh, that'll actually be the next one. So a little teaser for episode 13 that's coming up. But <clears throat> anyway, though, so here we are, episode 12. Episode 12. And we have uh, also, you know, in addition to the loyal listenership, we're, we're starting to get more uh, feedback and write-ins from people, which is awesome because, of course, that's what we want. We want to help you guys with the issues that you're experiencing um, at work. And so I think a lot of what we've talked about so far has been more on the manager side, you know, bad managers or, um, or you know, people in charge of you. And we've kind of overlooked bad coworkers because we've, I think because we've both been pretty blessed to have very good coworkers. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Michael and I were coworkers and we still get along well. And then um, other coworkers we had were generally really great. We never, we haven't had a lot of that experience, but... We got a letter uh, t- about letter. two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, it's a letter. Yeah. I mean, it's an email, but it, it's a letter. It and, you, and I will say it is beautifully written. Oh, you're, I'm reading it. <laughs> I'm about to read it word for word because it's hilarious. Um, so, <laughs> I don't. It, it, yeah, we had a listener write in about their coworker, and I'm just going to read it. I'm just going <laughs> to read it from the top. Um, if I have to just take a second to crack up laughing, please just bear with me. I'll, I'll be back in a minute and so. just as you notice from the title of this episode nut job nancy we didn't come up with that no we did not <laughs> <laughs> so here we go here we go um her letter starts hey there michaels i know you've primarily talked about situations with bad managers and how we as millennials can sometimes struggle with turning ourselves off and taking breaks from work i want to focus on a topic that everyone deals with at some point 
terrible coworkers who can make your life absolutely miserable. My story is pretty ridiculous, and it's hard for me to accept that grown adults can be so childish, but unfortunately, this story is absolutely true. My story starts back in November, where I was commissioned on the side to do some paintings for a woman I work with. Let's just call her Nutjob Nancy. The commission was for a small amount of $20, so I didn't think there would be that it would be necessary to go full-blown artist mode and make her sign a contract or talk about refund policies or any of that because, well, it was $20. I completed the commission, gave her the pieces, and she was very happy with them. Easy, right? Wrong. Fast forward a few months, and nutjob Nancy is complaining about computer problems at work. I tried to be helpful, and I swear to you both, there was no tone or snarkiness when I said this. I asked her, have you tried turning it off and on again? A little pause there from an IT professional. Yeah, that's almost always the right answer. That's usually all it takes with your computer problems. Just, have you restarted? Just restart it. Well, so, I love how she said no snarkiness. Yeah, no snarkiness. I mean, because that's, <laughs> that's a very valid uh, thing, Anonymous. You asked the right question. And continuing on, and you would have thought by the look that she gave, I wasn't fit to be the gum stuck to the bottom of her shoe. <laughs> so, seeing that look, I made the worst mistake I could have made in the situation. I apologized. I could tell instantly that I had offended her and began to apologize to her for doing so. Looking back, I probably should have just gone back to my desk and pretended that I never saw the look of intense hatred on her face. But I'm a people pleaser, and I feel bad if I accidentally steal someone's pen at work. So I began to apologize to Nutjob Nancy, and that's when it happened. The incident, as I called it. As I was mid-apology saying how I was sorry if I offended her by my question, I was just trying to be helpful, and honestly, our work computers are the slowest pieces of technology I've seen in a decade. That's when she began to cuss me out. I, w I won't repeat exactly what she said, but it stunned me so much and made me so angry that I could not let it slide. I told my boss, who is also her boss, as we work in the same department. Once that was done, I returned to work and tried to focus on my job and doing the tasks at hand. Not long after that, Nutjob Nancy, Nancy approached me, and I thought, wrongly, that my boss had talked to her about it and she was coming to apologize. Well, that's okay, right? Everyone has these bad days and snaps sometimes. I just happened to be in her line of fire when she wanted to say, so oh, and she wanted to say, sorry, I didn't mean it. But again, I was wrong. Her apology consisted of the following, and I am 100% paraphrasing, so not exactly what she said, but I'm sorry I snapped at you, but really, it's your fault. You shouldn't have tried to tell me how to do my job, or this never would have happened. Not to mention, the entire time she's apologizing, she's standing over me, patting and rubbing my back in some sort of power move, That's letting true. me know she's above me and she's consoling me like a child or something. That does sound like a straight-up mom-child creepy... This one, this woman is my mother's age, so it definitely, it was definitely reminiscent of a parent scolding their child, and it made me so angry I couldn't respond for fear of what I might say or do. There were definitely some images playing in my mind of me turning around and throat punching her. Also, all right, Pat, take a breather. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, I couldn't move or speak while she was doing this. Oh, I need to breathe. Our boss came up at that exact moment, and she immediately stopped, thank God. He knew instantly that this was not appropriate and had to talk to her again about it. <sighs> All right. We're, Fast forward. We're barely halfway through the email. We're about, yeah. <laughs> Fast forward 
a month or so later, I come to work to find the pieces, like the artwork. You remember how this started with the artwork? The pieces I had done for her wrapped in toilet paper on my desk. The message was loud and clear. Here's your crap. I tried to ask her about a refund. Like, I, I guess she's saying here she, she offered to give a refund. She refused to talk to me. To me, that means no refund. And I, re I figured that would be that. But nope. Nothing job Nancy then sends me emails demanding her money back. All right, so... I just want to say the writer here has offered a refund. Nutjob Nancy won't talk to her, then start sending emails, but it's better than that. I'm going to keep reading. Work emails. Not personal. This is on business time on business emails. I ignored each email that would come in every month. And in the meantime, several other coworkers came up to me and let me know she was calling me, quote, evil to them and telling them how horrible a person I am. I, I just ne I never knew $28 could do that. Somebody. This is over like $20 and a, and a single statement. All right. I just want to remind everybody. Oh, where was it? Let me buy you 20 Frosties and call it a day. Honestly. She <laughs> get that girl 20 Frosties. She needs to chill. <laughs> wow. I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm not worried about my reputation because Nutjob Nancy is known for being a bit off her rocker, as they say. Shocking, right? No, it's not. But it's astounding that she would call me evil for not letting her cuss me out without consequence. I know they say everyone is the hero in their own story, but I just cannot for the life of me understand how someone could feel justified for cussing someone out for asking a question then apologizing when they realized it was offensive in some way anyways the last email i received was this past week so this has been going on for like what like a year like months it sounds like a couple months for sure several months at least she threatened to take me to small claims court over twenty dollars i'm i mean i'm clapping in here y'all Though I don't work directly with her, we're in meetings together, and I have to walk by her multiple times a day as we sit on the same row of cubicles. This woman is in the same room as you. Oh, this is... All right. I try to laugh it off, but honestly, I don't know what she's capable of if she's willing to sue over $20. That's a very valid concern. If she had just been able to talk to me as an adult, I could have given her her money back immediately, but she couldn't do that. I will be oh, okay. I will be paying her back to avoid the court situation, most likely in rolls of pennies. <laughs> love, I love the pettiness. So I'm hoping against hope that the harassment stops. Anyways, moral of the story is if you choose to do side work with someone you work with, get a contract, no matter how low the amount is. That will protect you in legal matters. I hope you guys can provide some insight to this and help those of us dealing with horrible, possibly certifiable coworkers. Uh, P.S. Feel free to give me a cool nickname or just use my first name. I doubt she even knows what a podcast is. Signed, Eminem's. That's that's gonna be your cool nickname is Eminem's. Eminem's. So Eminem candy. Yeah. So Eminem. Uh, first off, thank you so much for your absolutely ridiculous story. I it's I've read it maybe twice already and it just but it's been a couple weeks and it's just hilarious it, i i don't know i don't even know what to say i mean we have some thoughts but i just want to say like i want to get back in the mindset of the first time i read that and you guys just heard that for the first time i really i have dealt with some pettiness with some childishness like ridiculous people in my life but never once have i heard of anything this petty especially from like a coworker. Well, I, I think that's the challenge that we're not used to is that 
this person can't escape nut job Nancy. Oh yeah. They work on I mean the same room. Like sharing cubicle type stuff. And yeah. so uh from our standpoint, you know, that <laughs> that's like the equivalent of you hired me to go take a picture give you a headshot for twenty bucks. Yeah. And you I gave it to you and you didn't like it and this type mess unfolds and I have to see you like where is the maturity in any of that? It, not to be found. I, I mean, mean it's, it's so immature. It's so ridiculous. Golly, but I, you know, but you're right. Like we are a little, I guess maybe spoiled. I, I still, you know, obviously I'm in a new place and I have many, many more coworkers, but I like absolutely all of them. I mean, I, I haven't encountered anyone that's not like pretty nice that I don't enjoy working with. I like everybody that I work with. So this is like totally new territory to me, but just, you know, just kind of tearing apart the, um, the story. We were able to come up with some things I I feel like should have been maybe warning signs. And I mean, I guess the big thing to take away here, um, is, you know, the subtitle of this episode is the coworker client. The, The thing to remember is that always protect yourself when you're working with anybody because people get super weird when there's money involved. I, I mean, we're going to talk, we're going to focus on coworkers, but it doesn't matter if they're your coworker, family, just your best friend. It really doesn't matter. Always have contracts. Well, and, and beyond that, it's like, like you said, when money's involved, everything kind of changes. Mm-hmm. Like there's even times like, Technically speaking, if someone doesn't pay you to do something, you're volunteering to do something. Uh, and, yeah. and at that point, you have no obligation beyond your own desire. So uh, it's something just to think about. Like if somebody is like if you're doing something for fun, like you have a hobby and your hobby just so happens to something that people like to do or like for the pay you to do. If they start paying you, you now have a new level of stress with your hobby. Sure. Because you've been paid to do something. And, like, in this scenario, this is, like, a horrible situation that it took $20 to create a... Like, if we had this person make that art piece to Nut Job Nancy and did not... She just gave it to her, there would be no... Totally different. It, none of this would have happened in the eyes of Nut Job Nancy because, well, she she has no receipt there's no i mean there's nothing of money exchange it was a gift it was a gift you, like, you how, can just i mean take the gift and throw it away i want to say however um there are definitely people uh that are very very even this way about gifts you, you gotta mm. always be careful because there are definitely people that y- you can give them something for free and, and they'll complain about it or they find it as an insult or they yeah they might find it insulting but yeah yeah there i mean it is really dicey to work with coworkers, uh, especially anybody that you're close to, friends, family, coworkers. Like y- you need to just always be careful um, when you're doing any kind of work, when you're selling. I mean, and and this isn't necessarily like I'm an artist and I painted this thing for Nut Job Nancy. Imagine if like somebody in your office is buying your truck, okay? And they buy this truck from you. It's like when we talked about you know uh, business relationships in that episode. Um, you know, buying a car from a friend and suddenly it doesn't work and you're going to blame them, you know, buy, you know, your friend, the real estate agent, that kind of, those kind of issues, they apply here too. If you sell somebody your, um, camera, like you have an old camera and you sell it to somebody that you work with and they have a problem with it, they're going to like 
possibly come, come after you. Or come to you say, hey, you didn't tell me this was, problem, this was going to be an issue. Or why did you sell me a defected whatever? Right. And, and it then, can be such a mess. And then you just have this weird, just negative, like, you can't get past it. Even if you gave them back all the money, now you're ticked at them. Sure. For, for the rest of your life, probably. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, you, it, is, it is a fine, like, that, that's actually, we'll get into resolutions a little bit yeah. on that, but there is a fine line when you are dealing with transactional items at your work that isn't related to your work. Like, you have to be so careful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it seems trivial. Like, you think, like, why would that be such a big deal? But, and not John Nancy, panic, you know, example of the truck, all those type of things, it can just create this weird tension that shouldn't be there, but it but it is because there was there was a money exchange, yeah, essentially. But let's yeah. uh, let's so so like I said, we kind of broke this down. Let's hit some of these like warning signs that we saw that I think um, maybe M and M's missed a little bit. Uh, <laughs> she you like that or peanut M and M peanut M and M. I love peanut M&M's. or just peanut. I do too. You know that's my vice. You peanut know butter. M&M's. You know in our office we have a M M&M and M peanut M&M contain dispenser and a normal M&M dispenser. Like in your office. And it's always full. Okay, I'm demanding. I'm demanding this. Tomorrow morning, I'm walking in and be like, it's the M&M's or me. Uh-huh. Or, you know what I mean? I quit. I want M&M's. I need that in my life. It's pretty I don't. I get like, so literally, bad. like at 3 o'clock, I get like three M&M's. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Okay, anyway. M&M's. <laughs> Eminem, Sponsor, uh, please. No. Yes, please. Um, Mars Incorporated, if you want to email us at... We're, we're going to make millennials love M&Ms again. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Um, so, warning signs that you might have missed. Uh, she mentions... At one, this is the big one. She mentions that this woman is known to be off her rocker. Okay? Look, if, if, you, if, if they're known... <laughs> if they're crazy, don't mess with crazy. Just stay you away. Know? Stay away from crazy. Leave it alone. I mean, I just feel like if you know somebody's a little nutso, don't think I, money's going to make them more more nuts. Like, it, I don't know. That's the biggest glaring thing that you missed. If you know this person is crazy, just don't deal with them. Be very, and the, I guess the sub piece is be very selective. You know, like I have had... So I've been doing um, like freelance web stuff kind of on the side for six months and I've only done one project so far. I have one other one that's potential, but like I've only done one. I've had a lot of offers, like a lot of people ask, um, but one of them, Michael remembers this, one of them I straight up turned down. And it's not that the, the dude who contacted me was crazy. He was actually a friend and a really great guy. But I could already read through him like he was representing somebody else and I could read through him like that other person just did not seem to maybe have it all together, know exactly what they want. So nobody's crazy. I'm not going to this is not nut job, Nancy, but it was just like disorganized and I just felt like it was not going to pan out. So in the end, I just had to punt. I had to just say, like, look, I, this is not a good fit for me. This is going to and what I meant was like this is going to go beyond the scope of what I'm capable of and comfortable with really quickly and it's going to be a mess and I don't want to put a friend in that situation. I don't want to put anybody in that situation. So just be selective. Don't be afraid to say no. It's okay. So Nutjob Nancy comes to you, M&M's, and says, 
I like this. We got NN and MM. I think that's. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so Nutjob Nancy comes to Eminem and she says, you know, hey, I want you to do these hey. little paintings for me. What you can say is, you know, I, well, let me think. That's that's not so easy. I mean, she came to you. I guess that's probably why you'd work. But you might just say, like, you know, I am actually. I don't really want to recommend lying, but I I would say this. So you may want to actually, which we're kind of getting a little resolution, but um, create a policy for yourself about some of this. And you may just have to just simply say, Oh, well I only do artwork like in this scenario, chances are this person who does artwork for commission, they probably also sell it on Etsy or sell it at trade shows, and you say, well, I only sell stuff to Etsy. If you want to buy something, you can Bingo. buy it. Bingo. That's so a good one. You basically want to treat them as a normal customer in your normal capacity. That's good, yeah. Uh, like, even in my world, like, when I have, uh, I, I think, panic in the past, when he asked me about photographs, I said, well, just ask Courtney. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, um, my girlfriend and I are going to do a photo shoot with, um, well, I, I, th- I think of it as just Courtney, right? Because like I, I don't, e- I know not to even go to you anymore. Yeah. Because it's Courtney's thing, it's it's her world, and so I, you know, I would go to her and I talk to her about it, and you treat me in that respect like you would any other client. Yeah, I mean, I, I keep in the same le- like sure the communication's easier, uh, and we know each other, so that whole flow is better. But ultimately, like when you ask me what do you charge, like well, this is what we charge everybody. Yeah. And I just keep it that simple just because it's not a good thing to do special treatment because they're your coworker or whatever. Sometimes it's to your best ability. Because if you have a process that works, why are you breaking it? Yeah. Why, why are you Leave it making an exception to the rule? Because now you have to have a an answer to a problem that you may have never faced. And now you're wasting time and and money yeah. at that point so no so like yeah the, going back to this warning sign that little offer rocker just if there's anybody in your company that's been reprimanded multiple times or if people roll their eyes when they see xyz coming in the door um or avoid trying to talk to this person just just mark that as like don't and you can just play the rule of if, if you don't know what to do you just you may just have to ignore the requests and say Oh, yeah, I'll get to that. Just remind me, X, Y, Z. You can always play Hot Potato. This is my favorite. Hot for, Potato is pretty good for this. Yeah, if, you, if you're ever, and if you guys don't know what we're talking about, I'll explain it in a second. But if you're ever dealing with somebody who's persistent, because I could, I mean, somebody like Not Job Nancy, the way she's described here, I could see somebody coming in and being like, you know, hey, I want you to do these paintings for me. And you say, um, I'm really not taking any commissions right now. Oh, come on. I, I just want something simple. Like, well, I, you know, maybe let's see what we can do in a couple months. I'd really like to do this now. Do you, do you maybe even have anything pre-made? And you're like, well, um, you know, I would have to check. And they're going to be super persistent and go on and on and on. What you do is throw the ball back in their court. So I've had people, I love this game when people come up and be like, man, I'd love to sit down with you sometime and just learn about like programming and like just maybe even just like watch over your shoulder and like see, like I just really, I want to learn that kind of stuff. And it's... I, I, you know, whatever. I'm not going to pursue that. That's something they need from me. And most of the time, people don't follow through. So what you do is you throw the potato in their lap and you say, sure, why don't you call me next week and let's figure out some time. You will never hear from them. And if you do, you know that they're real about it. 
So mm-hmm. if, but if somebody is known to be a little nutso and you don't want to deal with them, that's a good opportunity well, to put the ball in their court and they will drop it every time. So in like a specific scenario for her, for this, for nut job, Nancy, you, you could have said, uh, Hey, I'm really backed up right now. If you can just remind me in about two months, mm-hmm. um, I will talk about it. So, and, and we all know in two months, not John Nancy has moved on. Oh yeah, mentally, and so it could have been that could have been a way to avoid possibly. I mean, who knows at that time? But I would say so. Those out there who run the scenario where you're hand making things, uh, so you don't have like a production line of items, or you don't have like a stash of them somewhere. Like you're literally just making stuff and like commissioned. So you're being commissioned to make stuff. Um, just putting a roll. Like, hey, I'm really backlogged right now. Uh, can you check back with me in a couple of months? And that's fine because like I'm in sales. I hear that phrase all the time. I'm really busy right now. Can you check back a couple months? Well, that to me is the automatic. No, I don't want to work with you. Right. I'm, I don't want to talk to you. So in my world, I put you in my CRM. I put a reminder task in a couple of months and I, rem- I go back, but that's my job. Sure. This is not their job to check on you to get some commission fees. This is just a, an impulse and they're just blowing 20 bucks, you know, right. in this particular. So, yeah, first one, they're kind of crazy, and they find that. And you just, like, don't know how to say – if you don't – because saying no is so hard, especially if you are oh, a people yeah. pleaser. People pleasers, because I'm one of them, saying no is one of the hardest things to say. And, like, for me, it's even hard for me just to say the word no, but I can always say, like, that's just not a good idea. But in this scenario, hey, I'm, back, I'm backed up. Yeah. Check back with me later. So the next warning sign I think we could have looked at probably or should have seen here is that she was so insulted to be helped. So, yeah, we're talking about the computer issue. Yeah, right. And and there was so much ego and so little humility in that situation. That is all. That is a sign of somebody who is unstable and you don't want to work with them. You don't want to do things for them. You don't want to give them anything. Um it reminds me, this whole thing, and I, Michael Ray is going to love this because we're big Seinfeld fans. This whole <laughs> thing reminds me of Banya giving Jerry the Armani suit. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. It's an Armani suit, Jerry. <laughs> you know, and he's like, he doesn't want to take it. He knows better. He knows what this is going to end up being. And then Banya escalates it. So then he's like, you know, he's like, it's free. I just want you to have it. It doesn't fit me. I want you to have it. So Jerry finally says, uh, you know, okay, I'll take it. He goes, he goes, great. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it to you. Don't worry, but you know, just take me to dinner or something. You know, uh, yeah, and it was like the dinner wasn't good enough. Yeah, right. Then he goes to dinner, but then he gets interrupted, and all he had was the salad. He's like, well, that wasn't dinner. Or now, you got to take me to or, or soup. Yeah, yeah. You, that was just soup, Jerry. <laughs> you can take me to a real dinner. You know, and it becomes this mess. And I think in the end, Jerry like destroys the suit and then gives it back to. What does he get like? Attacked or something, gets shredded he, or something. Or shreds, and he gives it back to Banya. It's that's my favorites. Um, and I mean, <laughs> that's such a it's a pretty good uh, example here. Like Banya throughout the show has this crazy high ego, um, and I and it sounds to me like not job Nancy also pretty egotistical to the point of like, don't you dare help me. I will not be helped. Like, don't you you know. Even I think the quote later was like, you uh, t- were telling me how to do my job, literally just made a suggestion of how to fix her technical issue and got accused of, you know, saying, don't tell me how to do my job. That's insane to me. Um, but again, not job, Nancy. So if somebody again, this is kind of ties in with the first. If somebody is known to be egotistical, to be kind of a nut job, to, to be like that. 
you got to get creative and generally just not deal with them. Don't, don't work with them. Don't make deals with them. It's, it's not going to end up positively for you. It's not going to work out in your favor. Which kind of ties into the next warning sign in terms of how do you avoid these people. So we have the criminally small commission price. Oh, so we, so we make this like, you know, 20 bucks, like literally 20 bucks can get you a couple of Wendy's mills. You know, yeah. it, it's not a lot of money, but sometimes on the flip side, you can use your price to get a, push people away. Yes. So the first, I mean, so yeah, this is a warning sign and resolution all in one. Um, because the, the warning sign is like, if, uh, if somebody's literally only going to offer you like 20 bucks for this thing, um, and maybe that was what she charged for her paintings. I don't know. Maybe that's all she thinks it's worth. That seems really low for a custom painting. Um, but it's like, if somebody comes up and offers you and tries to lowball you, it's clear that they don't value your work and you shouldn't work for them anyway. Um, but Michael, you were, what were you saying about, uh, using it as a deterrent kind of in the other direction? Yeah. So when it comes to pricing, you can, use price to filter out stupidity. Oh yeah. Uh, like panic and I have been both in this, in this world, you know, when you're in the world of technology, it's very similar to like an artistic world. Nobody knows how to put a price on it. And then they compare, well, I can go down to Hobby Lobby and buy this painting that go in my kitchen for 50 bucks. Why should I pay $2,000 for this? But that's the whole point because mm-hmm. they're having to do it and they're having to deal with you. And it's, it's, it's a way to get them away from you. Get the people right. that have no actual value that do not value anything that you're doing. It's literally like a gesture and just an impulse buy. Like, especially in the creative world, impulse buy stuff is the worst scenario because they just like, Oh, it looks nice. And then you can, and they say, Oh wow. That was like, for instance, $20 thing. If you said, I, I'm pretty confident. If you said, Oh, it's a hundred bucks, nut job. Be like, what? Why would you charge that much money? It's like, well, that's what I, that's what, and you can just say, well, people pay it all the time. Well, that's just ridiculous. And that would be the end of the conversation. And that's the end of the conversation. And then she may later throw up, so I can't believe, like, well, great. You're telling coworkers that don't even know what this person does <laughs> on the side. They don't care. Right. They really don't. Situation uh, avoided. No big deal. Yeah. You, so sometimes you have to use price to filter out stupidity. And I mean, I've, I've done that before. Like, I'm, oh, yeah. I've like, definitely done it, too. Like, when I talk to potential people of what I do now, uh, I'm not afraid to talk about price up front because we're not it's there to cut you a deal. We're there to do the work. And we've spent a lot of time understanding where our pricing is in the market, and we, we know what we're charging mm-hmm. makes sense. Why should I cut you a deal? Right. And let me give away all my secrets here. Like, uh, when I'm doing freelance stuff, when I'm doing web work, I will almost always... Uh, do a full estimation. Like I- I'm going to actually sit down and estimate my hours build to like different pieces of the work. Um, but if, if I ever tell somebody like first meeting or whatever, without really understanding scope, if I'm like, yeah, you know, I think it's going to be like X, Y, Z and give them some crazy, I- I'm going to, I'm giving them a high number to deter them. Normally I would never even tell somebody oh, it's going to be about this because I don't know what it's going to be until I sit down and estimate it and you know, figure it out. Um, but if you know, if I can tell this is not what I want, I'll throw out a, a big scary number, gauge, gauge the person's budget, and then go way over it. Or you can even take the sense of, I, I just, I'm not going to price you at all. You could even just say, I'm not going to give you a price. Oh, yeah, you can be totally honest if you think you can 
you know. But for most people, it's it. really hard for you to say, I can't give you a price because you're because you're afraid to say no to them. So you can just say no to them indirectly by saying, giving them a higher price that you mm-hmm. know they'll balk out. Because uh, sometimes that's just testing the water at that point. Uh, I mean, you just got to see how serious they are. Right. Cause Remember that, like, if... Okay, you're you're allowed to say no to anybody. And if you're afraid, like, you're in a situation like, oh, I don't know, I really need the extra money. But, you know, I know this person's Never crazy. Never do it out but of desperation. Are, no, don't do it out of desperation because that person is going to use you like a freaking rag. They're going to drill a hole right in the middle of you. I mean, they will use you for every penny. Just turn it down. It's not worth it. There's other work you can take on. I'm mean, thinking about this. If it's a... A $2,000 commission by somebody who's crazy, and you're going to spend six months painting this thing, and then at the end of the six months, they're like, I hate it. I want something different. I demand it. And they're crazy, and they make you do that. You've wasted six months. Or you could take, over the course of six months, two simple, normal $1,000 commissions, boom, and you've made $2,000 in the same amount of time. You have a choice of who you work with. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't owe it to anybody. In this scenario. Now, in the other flip side... You don't necessarily have a choice who your coworkers are. Oh, true, yeah. But when you're when you're your own per, your own business owner and you're doing your own thing, you can choose who to work with. You can choose who to get rid of. There's nothing illegal about firing clients, getting rid of them, uh, and so don't be afraid. Yep. Does does and like be bold. And, and like this warning sign of the small commission price. They're cheap. Cheap clients are the hardest to please, and that you have the least amount of money made off of them. Yep. Every time. But, all right, so next one, we have uh, inappropriate physical interaction. Ugh. Now, this one was like a straight-up power move. And I, I've had a, like, a somewhat of an experience like this. I can't remember exactly what happened, but it was one of those you don't realize it until you're in the middle of it, and you're like, wait. Why are you touching me? <laughs> yeah, because honestly, let's, you know, in a work environment – you don't need to be touching your coworkers. No. Uh, I mean, high handshake, fi- hand- high five, slap on the back, maybe. But not like rubbing the back. Oh no. That I mean, I am sure in this company scenario, like I bet there were lots of policies violated. But oh sure. In that one situation. And even though like the writer is female, and obviously Nut Job Nancy is a female, like it doesn't matter. This is not a gendered thing. Like that's not relevant. Don't touch your coworkers. Like, I don't have any better way to say it. It's like, don't touch your coworkers. Don't touch me. Leave me alone. I, I don't want to be like, I'm real weird about that. I do not like physical touch. Um, it, it just, it weirds me out. Like, I don't, I don't, if it, I do not want anybody that I don't want touching me, touching me, if that makes sense. I want to be not touched. I want to be left alone. But she was mentioning, you know, this power move. So there's a there is a lot of truth in that. So she yeah. was trying to have this dominate like domination over her in a very weird way. Very creepy. Very. Weird. And it was kind of like an odd timing too. Like it didn't make. Let me let me go back through the emails. I mean, it happened like a little bit after the incident, right? It's very strange. It's. This whole story is so strange. We love it, though. I do. It's so great. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, so basically, her it was like she was apologizing back, and it was like, what was this? is so stupid. Like, I'm sorry. I snapped at you, but really, it's your fault. Yeah. So, you know, 
So she I mean, so she turned it around. Yeah. Like she's apologizing, but she's saying like, but it's your fault. But I'm apologizing. Is man, that's weird. That's not. I mean, I know we love to talk about it, but that sounds like some narcissism too. I mean, I feel like the way she describes some things here, Nutjob Nancy's probably a big old narcissist, like true again, like true to life narcissist case. But yeah, and like and this also, she was standing over me while she was patting and rubbing my back. I mean, just think about all the symbolism that just happened right then. I'm above this person. I'm rubbing her back, so I'm, like, directing them and controlling them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just gives me the... Uh, it, gives, it literally gives me the willies. I'm just and, like, and, I don't want to... Uh. And the funny part is, like, what does that even accomplish? It's still 20 freaking dollars. <laughs> you, yeah. Let us, lest we forget, this is all over 20 bucks. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Anybody who is willing to like a big warning sign. If if you saw that in another person, um, I would be so concerned. Yeah, I would be so concerned. I mean, if I saw a coworker doing anything other than, like I said, maybe a high five handshake, maybe a pat, like a good pat on the back is okay. If it's like an appropriate moment or whatever, but if I saw anyone like prolonged touching anyone, my little narc self would be going straight to AR, AR, HR. HR. <laughs> yeah, accelerated reader. I'm going straight to accelerated reader. Back. Going back to elementary. No, I'd be going to HR so fast because this is not right. That's not appropriate. I, uh, mm. Ooh, it makes me twist. Yeah, this is making me uncomfortable. I want, <laughs> I want to move on. Let's move on. Uh, so All right, the, so yeah, yeah, you next, take it. Oh, okay. Uh, next one is quick to anger, and this one is we've talked about this in other episodes about this quick to anger side thing. Like some personalities just naturally do that. You know, we we see that we we've all experienced that to some point, and even ourselves, we may have an, an issue that's not at work, but it may be somewhere in your life, and then you're you've brought it to work, so your anger's a little quicker. Oh, he's you, talking about me, by the way. That that's <laughs> me. I do that. Anyway, I'm better about it now. Yeah. I've been working on it. Well, I don't work with you, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> then trust me. I, I'm better. Okay, I'll I'm better now. I don't do that at all anymore. But no, so quick to anger. I mean, you, there's a, I'll be honest. I, I, I never want to, I never want a client that's quick to anger because you can't fix them. Like you can't like, just FYI, you can't fix anybody. Mm-mm. Don't think that I can fix this person. You definitely can't do it in a business situation. You could like even if like you are the manager of this person, all you can do is give them training materials, encouragement, and and give them a path to go down. But it's their choice. It's their uh, thought process. It's their decision. It's never going to be yours. So don't think that if you're working with someone that's that has an anger issue that it just naturally will go away. Um, just don't think that. Yeah, it's just it's just don't you're not, de- don't you're, deal with people like that. Not going to change anybody. You're not going to fix them. Uh, last warning sign I think that should go up and you should always be looking for something like this is that she's using company resources to handle basically an interpersonal dealings. That is that's interesting because I think it's messy. I want to say that most people that that's listening have probably done this in some capacity in terms of using company resources for personal use. Probably. Um uh, and this, and they may definitely not in maybe this capacity, but in the idea of 
using because people talk you read article about this like people are stealing company time and all that mess and and you you have companies that say put your phone at the uh, door when you come in you know stuff like that so it's a big issue that's been out there forever uh, so but, I think a lot of people handle really poorly. Oh yeah, there's definitely ways around that, and there's more. And just saying, just cutting off everything isn't always the best solution. I mean, there are those scenarios, but but yeah. So in, the, in this scenario, it's ridiculous that this person is upset with the artist, wants the twenty dollars, and you and sends emails on a business email account mm-hmm. back and forth. And well, not even back for just constantly sending. I mean, yeah, there was no uh, fourth. It was just the yeah, back. Just, or there's no back, just the fourth. Just the fourth. And it was obviously on a company computer mm-hmm. because it's during company hours. With her company email account is what she's saying. You yeah, know, like, and just FYI, people, if you're using business email, your your company has access oh, to all that. Yeah, they can see every bit of that. Don't be stupid. They get at any point say, "Oh, reset your password." You can't get in. They can. Well, actually, and your your main IT like admin, if you're on Google or Office three six five, they can just access your account. They don't have to change the email. They can they can just go look. Yeah. Don't be stupid. Yeah. Don't don't mix personal and work in that scenario. Don't. I mean, you're you're leaving a trail, an audit trail. So if you're going to say, I never did that. I'm like, eh, yeah, did. Just... I mean, and I'm going to be totally real. Nobody. I mean, absolutely not a single soul on planet Earth. Every day of their life goes to the office, sits down, works for eight hours, and and goes home. Like everybody has to take a little break oh, yeah. and check Facebook and send a tweet and make a phone call. Like I don't, who cares? I don't even care, man. I don't care if you take an hour in the afternoon to watch Breaking Bad. Like I, I don't give a crap. I think it's better. I mean, you know, I'm not a manager currently, but I I would rather my employees have one hour to themselves to recharge and do their own thing and then come back refreshed then kind of waste a little time all through the day. Everybody wastes a little time. That's not really what we're talking about. I'm talking about like, I mean, this would be, um, this is an extreme example. We can cut this if we need to, but this would be <laughs> like calling a sex line on the company phone. You know what I mean? Like that do not, uh, do some stupid crap like that. And then, of course, and then there's this example of like I'm using maybe your the company's like billing software to bill my own, you know, side work clients or I'm using company or server I, space to host my own or, websites. Or uh, a more practical, well, not say practical, but a physical example would be if you're if you work for a like a quick change old shop and then you have access to the shop. And oh, you, yeah. And you work on your own car at night using their tools, you're walking a thin line. You, very thin line. And you, you have mess to be, it up. And you have to separate that. You really do. Like, even if they ha- they gave you, like, verbal c- permission, you need something written down. Oh, says, for sure. Because that can turn back. Because the second, a, like, and there's, like, a tool went missing or somebody got, something got damaged, well, insurance policy isn't going to cover that because that mm-hmm. was not during normal business hours. You know? Right. Got to be careful. You, Right, and you and I think what Michael said is really good. Like, just, just have it in writing. Same, same as kind of the first uh, thing we talked about. But like, just, just if if somebody says, um, yes, you can use your work computer at home for, you know, whatever you want. 
make sure that's in an employee handbook somewhere that you can reference. So if something happens, let's say like you did take your computer home and on your home network, it's not very secure. You get some kind of virus and it spreads through like the whole office and like some, something happens or you leak some data or something bad happens. And they're like, well, this is your fault for using your computer at home. You say, hey, wait a second. It's literally right here, and I signed a piece of paper that said I was allowed to use my computer at home. I'm sorry that this happened, but that's not the root cause. But if you if you didn't sign anything, all bets are off. Now they can say whatever. We never told you that. Well, who's to say they didn't? So have yeah. it in writing. Yeah, I would like, and going back to this actual scenario with Nutjob Nancy, honestly, Nutjob Nancy needs to have some reprimands against her from HR. From She's breaking policy. Oh, for sure. Has to be. Yeah. Uh, just for using email resources and then uh, and company time in a very weird situation. Like, all to say is Eminem, you are on the right side and mm-hmm. she is on the wrong side. Yeah. 100%. If, if everything you, we were told was true, then there's there's no questioning it. Like, Eminem's right, NNN's wrong. I don't necessarily recommend the rolls of pennies. Yeah, that's petty. It's funny. It's Don't hilarious. Get me wrong. It's hilarious. It's kind of petty. That's like poking a fire. And you're, yeah, you're 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 kicking the bear at this point. Like, just give her a crisp, clean twenty dollar bill straight out the mint. Be done with it forever. Yeah, absolutely. And you may, I mean, going to the resolution, you may have to have something in writing saying that you refunded and she signed that she refunded. Just so the fact, like, I'm sorry. Whenever somebody mentions small claims court or lawyer or I'm going to sue you, you stop communicating. You, yeah. You you limit your communication because they've created a threat a legal threat against you and you gotta be careful. Mm-hmm. Um I just in I would say this in the sense of if you are a business owner and you have a client that says I'm about to sue you, you quit communicating. Stop. Go go call your lawyer. Go get your lawyer to do the communication. And then they can document it. everything. Pay them. It's worth it. Yeah, every time. Sorry. All right. So that gets into our first set of resolutions here. Always get a contract. Always. Just keep it. It can be as simple. It can be handwritten. Just something that you have. And just like with Panic was saying, all right, he does like an estimate with people. That estimate is almost like a contract. Yeah, I'll do a real contract too. But, but I'll sit down and write out a formal estimate and I always expect that whatever I put on that page as an estimate is, I mean, I even put, like, if I send an estimate, it's going to have a disclaimer, like, this is not necessarily what you will be charged. This is not necessarily how long it will take. It might take longer than this. This is just what I estimate. And I will even spell it out like that. Don't, you know, if you're going to send anything in writing, make sure it's not too binding unless you want it to be. Um it's really simple. Like it doesn't, we're not talking about some big legalese thing. You can, so I bought a computer from a guy, um, almost a year ago. Now I upgraded my computer and I was used, um, pretty lightly, but I I bought a computer from this guy here in town, um, on a, uh, we're in a Slack group together and found him and he was selling the computer and I bought it. And I was so impressed that he made me sign a thing when I bought it saying like, to the best of my knowledge, it's free of defects I've had, you know, and that I, he signed a whole thing about what he felt. And I signed a whole thing saying like, 
yeah, it seems to be okay. I'm buying it as is. The sold as is piece is the most important. I I hold nothing against the seller if something's wrong with it. It's been a great computer. I've had absolutely no problems with it. Um, And the dude's a great guy and he did me well. But um, we even kind of knew each other. But I'm glad that we signed that. That's final. It's completely final. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to be done. So in every situation, just about, just have somebody, just put it in writing. Just something super simple. I mean, just take five minutes out, put something small together that has a bunch of blanks on it so you can fill in future, and just make a bunch of copies of it. Yep. And so if you want to... Now, granted, uh, obviously this is not something that happens when you are purchasing something from a store. You know, you're not signing a contract or anything, but, you know, you do have a policy that you've agreed to by taking that receipt and everything like that. So don't overlook it. Say, well, you know... if you are selling something that you've had to create and you're having to have an interaction with that person to create that thing, not just a, here it is. Thanks. Bye. Uh, get something of some sort. I, I think, in, you know, nut job, Nancy, she's pretty crazy. Don't know if it would have stopped anything, but it would have given you M&M the confidence of saying, I'm not going to refund you or you sign this and that's it. Sure, that's gonna make that person super mad. Oh yeah, because they they said, "Oh, I screwed up. You know, I can't defend myself anymore." But ultimately, that's the point of a con. Like a contract doesn't mean jack until it goes to court, and we all know that. But what it really means is that you have something in writing that says you did what you were, you did exactly what you're supposed to. The expectation was met, and we're all in agreement. What's going to happen? And it keeps you out of trouble most of the time. But, uh, but so next, so that's that side of things. Uh, then the next one we have is declare hard separation between work and outside work. Oh, yeah. Now, this one's hard. Like, no lie, you know, in today's world, it's so because we live out of computers and smartphones and stuff, you know, you are, it takes one tab on your browser and you're in a different world, and your coworker or your boss, manager doesn't even know it. Like, they're seeing you stare at a screen working on it. And they don't know what you're working on unless they're spying on your screen. But ultimately, this is hard, like having that hard separation. But it's something you have to tell yourself mentally. I have a policy. Like you have to tell yourself, I have a policy for this, and I know what it is. And just at first, it feels awkward. Like you don't want to say it. Like I know when Panic asked me the first time to do photos, and I, I felt like, well, just ask Courtney. And like it felt awkward the first time because like I could tell you right now, yes or no. I could look at the calendar and tell you. Right, but But that, that wasn't the point. We were sitting there in the office on company time. Make that hard separation. I, you know, I respect you for doing it. Yeah, and you know, obviously there are times, there are small exceptions to the rule when something happens. Because let's say that you have something that your boss actually could use to help their company or something like that. You know, there's those weird exceptions. But in general, rule is just don't mix outside work with with your daily work. Don't let your side, like I said before, don't let your side hustle interfere with your main hustle. Right. Because it's going to hurt your main hustle. It's going to hurt both of them, too. Yeah, honestly. Because, you know. like, sadly, with Eminem, I mean, it's safe to say that she probably got very deterred about her work in general because someone got really upset with her. Sure. And so now there's probably, like, this mentality of, I don't know if I want to do another one right now. Or if I sell another one, it's am I going to have another nut job Nancy on my throat? I um, just want to leave it alone for a little while. But it would be safe to say in this scenario just avoid it at work all altogether 
because this did come up and you don't want to revisit anything. Yeah. And honestly, your manager or boss may be more keen to what you're doing and maybe like watching you closer. Mm-hmm. They may not be. They may be fine. They may love you to death and it's fine. But be be conscious about it because you are paid a wage to do a job and that's what you're going to do. And then you're trying to get additional money from outside work but still being paid for the other work. Think about in the, in the shoes of the owner or manager. If I'm paying this employee $20 an hour and they are doing, and I pay them, you know, I just pay them $20 and I don't think about it. And of that hour, they spent 30 minutes on like something that's outside of work. I'm still paying them $20 an hour. Right. I can't go in there and say, I'm not going to pay but 30 minutes. We, you just can't do that. I mean, you can try, try real hard, but ultimately it's just messy. Yeah. Just There's no sense in it. So just be careful. I mean, just think about it and and keep it separate. And also don't use, uh, not just time, don't use company resources, again, for your work stuff. That, it goes beyond emails. I mean, like, okay, so you're writing the next great American novel. Um, don't print a hard copy of it on the work computer. I mean, the work printer. Unless you have explicit, implicit, in writing, you are allowed to use the company printer for I, personal stuff. I actually have a real life situation. I almost not a book, but I was, this is when I, now this is when I was 17. I was working for a company, IT company and it was a summer job. I don't know this story. You don't, it's not a big deal, but it, it came to my memory. And I, and as you know, in high school, you had summer reading and stuff like that. So you had these books you had to read and do reports or, quizzes or whatever or essays i don't know and i remember distinctly like you know i was a summer job and so there were it would it world we all know that like it's kind of up and down it's not always consistent you know sometimes it's a wait and break mentality occasionally and so there were a couple of afternoons that it was just kind of light not a whole lot going on so there was one i was like man I, you know i have like two hours of just not a whole lot to do right now so I whip out my summer reading book and I start, you know, reading that and I print off some of the cliff note pieces and I start going through it. And then, I'll, you know, then something pops up. I had to go do some work. So I'll just leave it on the counter or on my little desk. I come back and the, my coat where my manager was sitting there at my desk, like, this is an interesting book. And you know, he was doing it jokingly, but it made me feel so bad. And he pointed out to me, he's like, Hey man, I know you have summer work, uh, summer school, but, save it for after work like we we have you here for a reason uh we're not paying you to, to read summer books and so like that's that's stuck in my mind for a long time uh, i'll never forget it but no that's but that's reality right you know that's something like you you're here be here for your purpose mm-hmm. you know every time yep. so it's a big thing uh what else do we have resolutions how about Avoid legal action that people threaten or try to take just to stroke their own egos. Um, yeah, if it can be solved outside of court, even small claims court, just do it. Don't waste people's time. There's going to be people in your life that that just go for the sue button. That's the first thing they want to hit is that big old red sue button. They're like, I'm going to sue you. All I can think about is just the classic hot coffee McDonald's. Ooh, but have you ever heard the rest of that story? No. Oh, that's uh, 
that's way beyond the scope of what we're talking about. But I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage anybody who's listening. If you've everybody heard that story, right? The woman who spilled coffee in her lap and uh, and she sued McDonald's and everybody was like, "Oh, you're so ridiculous! You you know, it's your fault." Nope. Apparently, this coffee uh, was like it it mutil okay it mutilated her self like mutilate like like she had to go have emergency surgery um then mcdonald's wouldn't even compensate her enough to cover the medical costs and she was like permanently damaged and oh it's a huge yeah you only ever heard a little bit of it as a kid but go do your own paul harvey the rest of the story (laughs) tonight and read up on it's wild but uh there's always going to be people though the second they don't get what they want, they just escalate it all the way to like, I'm going to sue you. You're, I'm suing. I'm going to sue. You know, it feels like something Michael Scott would do um, just like immediately like small claims court, small claims. We're going to small claims. Um, it's like the second that something doesn't go your way. And so you're going to deal with people in your life. That, that make a big show of it threat. They might even call their lawyer and have them send you a cease and desist or something just to feel important. That's literally it. That's what it is. It's them trying to say, oh, look, I'm big and bad, and I can sue you too, and blah, blah, blah. It, they're not going to follow through with it. Well, and even if they would, yeah. just settle it outside the court. It's a pain. It's a waste of time. If it's real court, if you're going to like like court court, it's a lot of money. Even at small claims court, it's just embarrassing. It's a waste of everybody's time involved. And if you can solve it outside of that, just do it. So, again, to M&Ms, like, no, don't roll up the pennies. I love that idea. It's it's a, it's hilarious. But, like, don't do it. Just give her a 20 and hope that it goes away. Because you don't want to deal with small claims court, especially over $20. I mean, everybody will be on your side. Like anybody would hear this story, but you'll, you'll just the amount of time and then and just stress of it. It's stressful. And you have to take time off of work. It's stupid. It's so, so stupid. It's so, so pointless. Um, cannot recommend that anybody ever go to court over anything that can be solved outside of it. So just avoid it. If at all possible, do whatever you can. And the and the best way to do that is kind of our next resolution is communicate your boundaries and enforce them. I mean, we, we talk about this literally every episode, I know. But um, just communicate to the other person what the boundaries are and then enforce them. And then work to cut off your outside conflicts at the head and keep them outside. So if you have a problem, you got beef with a coworker, do your best to fix it. But make sure that it doesn't spill over into the office and just, you know, just do your best to put it behind you from nine to five. Yeah, it, it, it's hard. It really is to do that sometimes, but you'll thank yourself later. Um, and it and like I said in the other day, it's awkward the first time that you're trying to enforce it and people may not understand. Why would you just do that right now? Like, no. Right. And just so, so once again, nut job, Nancy scenario to the artist that wrote Eminem. Please just go ahead mentally make a policy like how you want to treat future trends. If, if another coworker comes up, hey, what was that work they were complaining about? They see you're like, you know, oh well, yeah. And honestly, if if they're in that scenario of you, another coworker comes up and says, I heard about the the nut job Nancy thing. Guess who you work? Like, oh, I really love your work. Can I buy one? You're like, let's be honest, ma'am. No, I'm just not gonna. Yeah, I have an Etsy store. Go find it, or I'll, I'll be at this trade show if you want to come and check it out. Yes, you know, 
I, I'm just going to create a po- hard policy right now. I'm just not going to sell yeah. in, in the company. Set and, the policies and stick to them. Personal policies are everything. Yeah. You, 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 it's hard to defend them sometimes, but it's for your own good. Not for everybody else, but for your own benefit. Definitely. Um, next one is for your manager's sanity. <laughs> Go to a manager... When you have a work-related issue that is happening inside of work. If it is an outside issue and it's not happening inside of work, leave them alone. Don't get them involved. And I have seen this. This is the same person that tattled to the teacher in second grade like like it was their religion. Like they compulsively were like, teacher, he did this. It's the same person is going to seek authority immediately when something doesn't go right. Okay, But don't do that. There's there's no reason to if if this person like now if this person is harassing you day and night, that's kind of one thing and you can go to HR. But I'm talking about like Eminem, um, you did right by going to your manager when it became work related. This person lashed out at you at work, con- you know, conceivably over something not outside of work. I mean, you, you said something to her during office hours about her computer, about her computer and she snapped on you. That's fine. But like, let's take it out. Of, let's say that she called you and you know, at home or whatever. And you just after hours and was like, you're ridiculous and your work is trash and I hate you and all this stuff. Don't go to your manager the next day and say, Oh, I don't job Nancy hurt my feelings. Like, don't do that. There's that, that's, that's not, there's no reason if it's inside work, then you can deal with it inside of work. And if it's outside work, you got to be a big girl, big boy, and deal with it outside of work. Deal with it personally. Mm. Um, now, obviously, there are these times where your personal life is a, affecting your work life like to a high level. Yeah. Like, you know, if there was a sick person in the family, uh, at a death, or uh, anything that, that's very distraught, you know, a good manager will happily sure. listen to you and maybe get a day off, you know, be conscious of that but ultimately you know you got to be careful of trying you don't want to make a habit of any of that you don't make a habit of going to your manager about something that's completely unrelated to work yeah and i'm really just talking about like co-worker issues mm-hmm. uh that you might have like if if you and a co-worker get into it inside of work it's a work problem outside of work it's a not work problem if it bleeds yeah. over it becomes a work problem that's different but that's really all i'm talking about is just those conflicts yeah. yeah yeah you just gotta be careful uh because if you start coming to your manager with those things well then you're gonna get a hawkeye on you know like eagle like watch you type mm-hmm. thing like well, what else are you doing that yeah you know, so you're you, just asking for it. You're asking for more trouble. You and also you may get a reprimand for something you have no idea what happened. And like, oh, it was related to that. You know, you don't want that to happen. So just be be very careful with that. What's our last resolution, Michael Ray? Remember, yeah, remember that everyone's going through something. You may be their punching bag. So try to be empathetic. This is a lot of truth. Yeah, oh, yeah. One of the best things I've ever heard from my pastor was. Everyone that you meet is either going through something. Well, he said, like, in the curve in their life. So they're either in the middle of the curve, coming out of the curve, or about to go into the curve. Um, And it's 100% true. Everybody you know, they either just went through something tragic, horrific, challenging, stressful, and they just came out on the other side, or they're in the middle of it right this very moment, 
or they're about to go into it and they don't even know yet. Just keep that in your mind because you just don't know. I mean, if they're a stranger to, if you don't know anything about them except you see them at, from eight to five and you just get reports from them, you don't know what's going to their life. No. You really don't. And you really have no clue. Like the, the I would almost say like this nut job, Nancy, like she snapped on you and she tried to apologize for it. And it wasn't that weird, awkward power move thing. But she probably, there's, we may say there's other things that's going on in her life that nobody knows about. I and, dare say there has to be. The way she acted. Yeah. I feel like there's got to be something else. But not always. I mean, but you should strive for empathy. You just try to see from another person's perspective. So if somebody does something totally uncharacteristic, like if this is not normal, this is not, she's normally. If nut job Nancy's normally just Nancy. Yeah, she's just Nancy. <laughs> today she's being nut job Nancy. You got a question, like, what's going on? Because um, you just never know. So uh, I, I think one example. This is really sad. I don't want to get depressing right here at the end, but we had a substitute teacher one time when I was in like the seventh grade or something. She was just being like mean and hateful to kids. And like, you know how the rumor spreads like, oh man, so-and-so's got a sub and she's real mean and blah, blah, blah. And like, she was being awful, like really rude. And I think that a, uh, I think one of the principals in it, or like a principal assistant principal came up and talked to her like, hey, you know, you, you need to cool out. You're being really rude to the kids. And then by the end of this, wasn't with my class. This was another class. But at the end of the day, she was like snapping on a student and just completely broke down. And like to a group of like seventh and eighth graders starts telling him about how like her husband had been diagnosed with cancer and oh, was like wow. dying. And it was mm. so real. Like it was really, really hard to swallow. Um, and we all kind of found out. And I've never forgotten that because that's just like a hard lesson to learn. It's like, wow, people are going through th- through things you don't know anything about. And it's, you know, you accept that now. But as, you know, a, whatever, 12 and 13-year-old, that was massive. And it was so weird um, to see an adult like you just think people – like when you're that age, you think people are just mean. And I think even as you get older, you just want to believe that pe- oh, some people are just mean. But most people are just going through something that you don't know anything about. So, you know, it's it's a good resolution for the end. It's the best advice I think we can offer is in any tense situation with another person. Remember that they are a human. Um, Remember that they're they're just going through something. They're just dealing with something most likely. Um, And there's definitely cases where somebody's just predisposed. That's the right word. Predisposed to just be terrible. I mean, that's just the way some people operate. But a lot of people are going through things you'll never know about. So just do your best to empathize and be cool. Absolutely. Well, all right. So we're actually going to change up our ending a little differently. So typically up to this point, I would just do a quick recap of every uh, bullet point. But we decided to kind of simplify things and basically make it have a better closing. And so here's what we call a big takeaway for this episode for nut job, Nancy, it's this simple, just strive to keep outside problems outside of work. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just try, try Do your best. Just try real hard. If it's a problem with a coworker, try to keep it outside of work. If it's a, you know, if it's your outside work, keep it outside keep of work. Keep it outside as much as you can. 
yeah. I think, hey, I think it's a perfect way to end it. I think it's a perfect summary. Um, thank you guys for listening to uh, this week's episode. Uh, it's coming out a little bit later in the week than normal. I know that. I apologize. Um, we'll be back on the like first half of the week train starting next week. Um, next episode is going to be really fun, really cool. We're kind of taking a deep dive into something we've talked about a little bit in a past episode, um, something that Michael and I both have a lot of experience with. So I hope you'll check back in with us next week and uh, keep sending our uh, keep sending in your stories and your issues and your we problems. We want more nut job Nancys. We have had a blast with old nut job Nancy, um, and we cannot wait to get some more stories like this. So if you got them, send them. We'd love to talk about them. We'd love to hear them. Um, send them on in work life balance show at gmail.com. If you have a friend that needs to hear what we have to say, send them to work life balance show.com and they can listen to this podcast in their podcast player of choice. And I think that's everything. Yep. So, all right, guys, just have a great week. Go crush it. Go do your thing. Uh, be excellent. Keep outside problems outside of work and we'll see you guys next time. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work-Life Balance. If you have questions or stories you'd like to share, email us at worklifebalanceshow at gmail.com or call in on Anchor. We'd love to have you on the show.